morning. And ain't it a beautiful August? Oh my gosh. Doesn't even matter if the AC ain't working. It's not that bad out. This is fantastic. I can't remember an August, you know, quite this comfortable. Normally we're just sweating and sweating and sweating, even if the AC is running. We are going to be in Philippians chapter 4, four, four, four so if you want to start turning there. Um, I, uh, in getting ready for this message, I thought, you know, I, I need to take some time and, and just and study and, and pray, and, and uh, I'm sitting outside in the backyard, and, and uh, I, I noticed a couple of mosquitoes flying around, and, and they fly over my right arm, no problem, over my left arm, no problem, over my, my right leg, no problem, and apparently my left foot sinned and was attacked by mosquitoes. And I don't know what its problem was or what it did without me, because I don't remember having that good of a time. But it got bit like four times. And I thought, well, that's, that's terrible. What on earth? It flew over my left arm, over my right arm, over my right leg, right back to that same foot. I'm like, what on earth? Sometimes it seems like as we go through life, there are people, events, places, whatever, that just went poorly but you can't leave it behind. I mean, I can take a few steps over here and try to leave it, but it's coming with me, you know. We have to get on the road again, on the joy ride that, that Brian's been talking about, on the road again with all of me. You know, I can't leave my foot behind, regardless of what it did without me to incur the wrath of so many mosquitoes on one night after they bypassed the other parts of me. But we got to go together, and sometimes that can be difficult. So I got to thinking about how do we get back on the road again after something's kind of happened? How do, we, how do we go together? And this has really been kind of a, a, a burden on my heart the past few months as we've uh, been in, in small group uh, on Wednesdays and now Thursdays. Uh, going through Matthew and looking at, at fellowship and some other things. And, and you have to talk about forgiveness. You have to talk about getting on the road again and overcoming obstacles and difficulties and, and oddball mosquito bites and other things like that. You've got to learn to overcome those things. But it's so hard, isn't it? It gets so frustrating. Well, let's look here in Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 7, and we'll read through the whole thing, and then we'll come back through. Oh, looky there. They done shrunk my Bible again. Now my glasses are committing sin. All right, there we go. All right. <clears throat> Therefore, my brothers, whom you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, this is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. I plead with Yodia and I plead with Syntyche, or however you say them, uh, to agree with each other in the Lord. Yes, I ask you, loyal, I ask you, loyal yoke fellow, help these women who have contended by my side in the cause of the gospel along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. <clears throat> rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. As I look at verse 1 here, there doesn't seem to be any mosquito bites. It all sounds great, whom I love and long for. You know, as I look at, at this part, um, verse 1 here, 
is because of the previous verses there in chapter 3, um, where, where Paul's been talking about our citizenship is in heaven, we, we eagerly await the return of the Savior, and therefore, because we have the return of the Savior, because so much is coming, because God has loved us, because He sent His Son, again there in verse 1, you are dearly loved. You are longed for. My joy, my crown. That's good stuff. I, I want, you know, who wouldn't want to be loved and longed for? Jesus is coming. You who are eagerly loved and longed for, he will transform our humble condition into the likeness of his glory. Back there in verse 21 in chapter 3. All those good things. It sounds like we're already on the road again and things are going great, right? Even uh, verse. Uh, uh, my joy, my crown. Paul is referring there to, to the church at Philippi. And that's part of his work there from Acts chapter 16. Um, the vision, and you guys remember that story. A vision of a guy uh, in, when Paul's having a dream and this guy from Macedonia says, you got to come save us. And he goes. And, and you may not be familiar with that one, but you do remember Paul and Silas in the jail at midnight singing the hymns and, and praying to God. And the earthquake hits and the doors fall open and they stay. And the jailer comes in, so what, I, what, has to, what do I have to do to be saved? And the jailer believes. So everybody kind of remembers that. And that's these people that are Paul's joy, Paul's crown from his time there. So much opposition being in jail and getting beaten. And you are still long for, I love you, God's going to come back for you. Oh, it sounds wonderful. And he goes on from there, that second part of verse 1. In this manner, dear friends, stand firm in the Lord. Stand firm in His crucifixion and His resurrection and His return. Not in our works or deeds or anything, jobs, career, whatever. Well, that sounds good. It sounds like they're already on the Lord, already on the road again. Things are already going great. And then you get to verse 2. And somebody called a business meeting. For those of you who've been in church a while, you know that joke. Anyways, uh, I plead with Yodia and I plead with Sintiki to agree with each other in the Lord. And I did some digging. I thought, well, what, what, what are they fussing about anyway? Maybe I ought to, ought to, ought to start there, you know, before I, I start picking on these two. Maybe I ought to see what, 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 what the fuss was about. And I looked in an NIV commentary, and they didn't know. And I looked in Matthew Henry, and he's the, if they're really big, and if you get the full, you know, un, it's, I don't know how uncompromised or whatever, it's, it's a great big, and I, I read he didn't know either. And I found a couple other guys, and they didn't know. No one knows what these two were, were fussing about. Um, the thing to note here is that God wants these things fixed. He wants fellowship to be restored. Much like my left foot and its sin that drew the mosquitoes, I can't leave it behind, you know. We have to find some way to restore those relationships, restore believers. You know, we're not to, to cast people out into the outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth and all those silly things. We are supposed to draw people in. And sometimes they don't want to be drawn in, and, and that's their choice. But from our side, as we get back on the joyride, as we get on the road again, what are we doing? What are we working on? How are we making things possible? You know, and I got to thinking, well, why does this show up so often in a lot of Paul's writings? You know, and and is this just is this my impression of stuff that I'm going through and I'm imposing upon upon what's going on here? And I don't think I am, and I got some do I have to do some digging. Why this reconciliation is so important to Paul. See, when Paul started out as a missionary, it was Paul and Barnabas, right? And they go out on their missionary journey and do all this stuff until Acts chapter 15. And Acts chapter 15, did I write that? Oh, I did. Look at there. I wrote it down. 
didn't mark it right, but I wrote it down. All right. Verse 36. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us go back and visit the brothers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left. Commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord, he went through Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the churches. And we never read about Barnabas again. That's the end of his story. Well, now, was that just Paul and Barnabas? Was that their only fussing and feuding, and that's, that's the only one recorded? Well, no. When, after the, after the resurrection, and they're all in the upper room, who ain't there? Doubt and Thomas. And, and the Lord shows, Jesus shows up, and, and he talks to everybody, oh my gosh. And then they finish up dinner, and they go about their way, and they go tell Thomas. And Thomas is like, I'll believe when I see the holes in his hands. Now, I don't think that's probably the end of that conversation. Because you don't read about Thomas again, either do you? He doesn't show up in the book of Acts, but we read about the other apostles hanging out together. You know, I'm sure Thomas looked at Peter and said, You smelly fisherman, don't you get it? He's dead. We saw them bury him. Why are you still doing, why are you still chasing after this? It's over. And then Thomas saw. Now that's not the end of Thomas's and Barnabas's story. We know from church history that they went about and did their did good works, but it did kind of sour those relationships. They might have got back on the road again, but it wasn't with Paul. It may not have been with the rest of the apostles. I think this is important to Paul, and it shows up in some of the other books, and and, and we see it in, in just a general feel of of forgiveness, a general feel of of restoration. And I think we see it because it's so important to him because he spent so much time on the road with Barnabas striving to spread the gospel to, to, to everybody, going into the synagogues and sharing with them, no, the, the Messiah did come. No, he was supposed to get beat up. He was supposed to die. He was supposed to die for our sins. That's how it's all going to work. Well, are you sure? Yes, let's go back and look at Leviticus, the sin offering. Let's go look at Isaiah 53, the suffering servant. Let's, it, this is where we're going. Let, let's get on the road. Let's go this direction. And then the relationship sired so bad. So that's why I think this is so important to Paul to get back on the road again. Why he brings it up here. In verse 3. Lost my spot. Yes, and I ask you, loyal yoke fellow. Help these women who have contended at by my side for the cause of the gospel. Along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Um, Can we move forward a slide or two? I didn't notice that. There we go. Check that out. Oh, disagreement. Hey, there you go. Um, yep. Hit the next one. Oh, I read that. That's good. I thought I was going to forget that. All right, how? Here we go. How? How do we get back on the road again? Uh, verse 3. Go ahead and hit the next clip there. There we go. Remember. Remember. The first part of verse 3 there. Yeah, I, Paul... Yes, I ask you also, true partner, you help these women who have contended for the gospel at my side along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Remember what we've done together. Remember 
the time spent in the work. Now, I missed the car wash last weekend, but I remember several car washes in my, in my day. Is doing youth work as a youth way back in the day when we had Flintstone cars. Um, and other things, but I re- remember those things. Remember, if we're going to get back on the road again, you remember how, how good it was together. How, how, how much time we've spent studying the Word, uh, going to Bible meetings, going to uh, vacation Bible schools and helping out. And all those, remember the times that we have contended for the Gospel together. How many times that, w- that we've We've uh, been, everybody's been to revivals and, and been to, again, vacation Bible schools, mission trips, um, so many things, camps and other stuff. Remember those things. Remember how we have contended together. Remember how we've spent time serving the gospel together. And then, let's go to the next one, our second, uh, the fellowship. Those who have contended uh, for the gospel at my side, along with Clement, and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Let us remember to spend time together in fellowship. It's always good to spend time at work and, 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 and work on sharing the gospel, but sometimes we need to take a rest and to remember those times as well. To just spend time enjoying one another's company. To spend time not talking necessarily about the pressures of life, but just enjoying the, the presence of one another whether it be at Starbucks or over cards or in somebody's backyard or, or some, in somebody's backyard watching mosquitoes attack Matt's left foot. But whatever, whatever it is, just spend some time together because we get so busy in life. It's so easy to get so much busier. There's no time to restore the relationship. You just let it go by the wayside. There's no time. But we've got to work on those things. We've got to try. Especially here, and I'll get to why the especially part here in a little bit. Inside the church, we've got to work on those things. So to remember the time spent in work on those mission trips or at the, the, the all-night uh, lock-ins and everything else that I've drugged poor Debbie to over the years and, uh, and spend time in fellowship playing some games, sharing stories, just sharing life together. And then here in verse 4, the next clip there, uh, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Sing praise to God. Sing, sing the old hymns. Sing the new songs. Just say the words if you can't sing. Which you, you sit close to me and you poor souls often do. And you've got to hear me. <clears throat> and now the crazy mold is, counts kicking back up. I'm going to ask God about allergies when I get there. <clears throat> Anyways. Uh, but rejoice in the Lord. Uh, are you sure? Yeah, Paul says it twice. I will say it again, rejoice. Restoring those relationships. When we do restore relationships, doesn't that give you a great cause for rejoicing? Isn't that another, another building block? Not another nail in the coffin, but another building block in, in the building of those relationships, in the building of our, our relationships in marriage, in church, in, in Sunday schools, and in youth groups, on, on ball teams, or all those things that, that, that all those relationships that we have, when we overcome those things, that's what we look back and laugh at. Do you remember that time when you did, and I thought, and you were so mad, and blah, 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 and we laugh about those things? In the moment, they're so heated. Shortly thereafter, they're still kind of cooling down. But we can restore those things. How? Rejoice. Sing to God. You know, when I'm in the car and I drive to Belton every day, uh, 
And you gotta, you got to sing to, to God. you got to have a positive attitude when you're on the road on 470 and they shut down another overpass. you got to let that go. you got to forgive the Department of Transportation. They're doing their job. And you gotta, you got to sing praise. you got to listen to some Christian radio. you got to do something. Because if you just sit there and focus on the nut guy in front of you, hit the brakes one more time. <sighs> Not that I'm feeling frustrated or some road rage in there or nothing. <laughs> sing some praise when you're alone. When you, and like I said, if you don't know the new songs, sing the old ones. I don't know all the new songs. I was, I was hip and cool with the new music about 15 years ago, and since then it's kind of fuzzy. and you know I, I don't quite know it, so... If, Debbie will catch me singing the old hymns because I remember all the words. You know, she'll catch me humming along to a third day song because I don't remember the ner- the words. I remember Mac Powell singing all that, but I don't remember what the. But I'll, I'll sing the old hymns. But sing, rejoice in the Lord. I will say it again, rejoice. There is enough in God to furnish us with matters of joy in the worst circumstances on earth. That's out of Matthew Henry. Regardless of what has come into our lives. There's enough strength, there's enough power, there's enough forgiveness, redemption in God to furnish each of us with joy in the worst circumstances. I think that's a very true statement. Let's move on. Next slide there. How part two. Um, Next one. Uh, Graciousness. Verse five there. Let Let your graciousness be known to everybody. For the Lord is near. Share your graciousness. Long-suffering, I think one of the translations had. Uh, different One of them had, had different words in there. But, but let your love, your forgiveness, let everything that you have needed be known, be shared with everyone. Because that's what they need. When I talked about the, the word especially later, this is it. This is what you can't buy at Walmart. This is what you can't find on Google. This is the place MapQuest will not take you. Inside or outside the church, doesn't matter. It's just about Jesus Christ. He provides forgiveness. He provides love. He provides redemption. He provides restoration. He provides, he provides a marriage that will last longer than 30 days. You know, and ain't that sometimes a great miracle? Inside and outside the church, let our graciousness, our forgiveness, our love be known to everybody so that all may have a reason to rejoice and and, and to to give praise to God. That's one of the best things we can do, offer somebody is forgiveness. Now, sometimes that's really tough. You know, I did not want to forgive that mosquito. Maybe it was just one. I don't know. He was pretty fast because I would have got him. They got my left foot that day. Maybe there's a mosquito in your life and you, you can't really bring yourself to forgive that person. <laughs> don't, don't poke Darren like that. Don't poke Darren like that. Special altar call for him later. Anyways, but that forgiveness that we all need. Maybe today's the day that we, we, we call somebody up out of the blue and say, I'm, I forgive you. Or maybe, we, maybe today's the day we ask for forgiveness. And ain't that the tougher one to swallow? Just take that humble pie and choke her on down. 
But why? Because restored relationships. Why do we need to do that? Because restored relationships are a sign that God is near. The second half of verse 5, the, the Lord is near. Why? That's, that's a sign. It's not going to come from the world. It's not going to come from more education, from psychology, uh, whatever kind of classes you want. It's not going to come from a pill. Restored relationships come from between two people working something out. And that's why I think this is such an important theme in Paul's writings. Because he went through that with him and Barnabas. And I cannot imagine what that, was, what that must have been like. You know, I remember when Billy Graham came to town. Him and who's his singer? George, thank you. Thank you, Chris. George Beverly Shea and that other fellow came to And they, they've been together, oh my gosh, like 50 years. 60 years almost. I can't, it's been a long time. You know, together a lot. I cannot imagine Paul going through that same kind of, of effort and not sticking with somebody. How much that must have hurt. You know, it's really just a verse or two there back in Acts. Acts chapter 15. Um, but Paul did not think it wise because he deserted them. Oh, verse 39. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus. That's it. They fought and contended for the gospel. They beat them, poor fellows. They've suffered through a lot. Nope. And I think that's why this is such an important theme in Paul's writings. Let your graciousness to be known because the Lord is near. Rejoice. Fix this relationship. These two ladies, Yidoa and Sintiki, or however you say her name. All right, well, let's move on. Next clip there. Or next, thank you. I don't even know how to start, Matt. I don't know how to start. And that, for me, is really is verse 6 here. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Through, through prayer, petition, thanksgiving, let your request be made known, be, be created, be expressed, be exposed, be revealed. Talk to God. Let it out. How often is that all that most people need anyway? And I can hear, I can hear my phone at work ringing right now. And there's someone calling, you took all my money. I work at a bank, by the way. You took all my money. And sometimes they just need to let it out. They know they overspent. They know they paid a bill. They know they went out to eat too much. They know they went to the boats. I won't get on to that, though. That's a whole other five-hour, ten-hour sermon. I don't know. Series, book, I don't know. Anyway. But... Sometimes they just need somebody to let it out. And I've had people on the phone sit at my desk for an hour. And they leave. I refunded nothing. They said, I'm so glad that you were here, Matt. Thank you so much. I'm like, sure. We appreciate your business. Come back and see me next time. I did nothing. But they just needed to get it out. How much more does our Heavenly Father want to hear from us? Are you sure? Yes. That's what this big black thing is for here. When I opened this up, I was challenged back in seminary to start a prayer journal. And I had a journal, sort of. Anytime I found some neat article, I would open up my journal and staple it in. That was about it. But Dr. Uh, 
I can't remember his name now, but he was, he said, you got to, huh? Whitney, doc, thank you. Dr. Whitney said, no, you got to write it down. And it's not so much to get everybody to start journaling or anything like that. As I flip through my journal here, you'll see there's some different colors. And for me, I can flip through and see where God has answered prayer. And that's a testimony to Matt Green from Matt Green that says that God answered prayer back on March 28th. And uh, March 31st and April 2nd. Apparently I skipped April Fool's Day, so that's <laughs> bad on me. But there's so many times that God will answer prayer if we'll just give Him a chance. And it's so easy. Does God answer prayer? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the good Christian response. Of course, God. When was the last time God answered prayer? Well, you know, uh, he's working on some stuff for me. Sometimes we need to write it down or we'll forget. We just do. We forget how he's working in our lives. We forget, we forget that relationships can be restored. We forget all kinds of stuff. Forget to call my dad and ask for forgiveness. Forget to tell my coworkers that they did a good job. And how often God has moved in our lives. And I can say thank you for standing by me when sin attacks. Thank you for singing to me. And God does sing to me because it's hard to sin when third day starts on the old internal soundtrack or any of the other old hymns start playing on there and Thank you that my shoulder doesn't hurt anymore. I don't remember why it did, but it's on there. Thank you for time when prayer. Thank you for time with Debbie yesterday. Thank you for showing me time with Debbie from Matthew chapter 3. I was very specific that day. Thank you for reminding me to text Brian. But all the things that we forget, all the ways that he moves in our lives each and every day, man, write it down. You'll forget. No, I won't. Oh, my gosh. Most of you don't remember what you had for breakfast. I don't either. Talk to God. Let it out. Let him remind you that he's speaking to you. Are you sure? Yes. Don't worry about anything but by everything through prayer, petition, thanksgiving. Let your request be made known. Back to those bad relationships. we got to talk to God. we got to talk to Him. Talk to Him. Help me through this relationship, Father. Help me get to the point where we're looking back going, Oh, that is so funny. I can't believe you did that. I can't believe we went through this. I can't believe we survived. He'll, he will help us get there. Even if you get to drag that left foot along for a while, He'll help you get there. What good is all this going to do me, Matt? What, what, why, why am I looking for this? Why am I trying to restore relationships? Why is Paul even talking about this? What's well, that next uh, slide there? Uh, verse 7, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You get peace. The peace of God, which surpasseth, surpasseth all understanding. So if I do them seven things, or if I do them five things, all my relationships will be perfect, right? And I won't mess up on my sermon notes and put seven when I'm at five. No. 
And we don't read about Paul and Barnabas again together. We don't read in the book of Acts in the second half where Thomas shows up. Some of them relationships don't quite make it, but some can. You will have the peace that surpasses all understanding, that will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You can get on the road again. I know it seems like sometimes on the road of life, you got off on an overpass and there ain't no coming back. When I got out of the Navy, I took I-5 I South from Seattle. Uh, I was going to visit my uncle in California and head home. When you get to Portland, Oregon, over the Columbia River, if you are in the far left-hand lane in rush hour, you're not getting out of that lane, and when it jaunts off into the industrial heartland of Portland, Oregon, and your interstate's going that way, you're going this way. And thank God, at the bottom of the hill, or on the, on the south bank of the river at the bottom, there was a gas station that said, oh, yeah, no problem, happens all the time. Get on this road, get on this road, and you get back on. Oh, thank God. Never been to Portland before in my life and got lost the first time there. Sometimes it seems like that, don't it? That you got stuck in traffic and you off on the overpass. Or worse, it was under construction and you just got stuck on the ramp. You couldn't even go anywhere. It happens. Then relationships come up. They <laughs> had an interview the other day. People ask me, how did it go? Because there was a branch manager position opened up. They asked, well, how did it go? Well, you remember that term, crash and burn? Yeah. Well, it crashed and burned, and I took out a busload of nuns and orphans on the way down. What well, happens, right? Yeah, it happens. How do we recover? Try some of them things. Rejoice in the Lord. I'll say it again, rejoice. Sing them old songs. Pray to God. Let Him speak to you. Remember the times that we've spent together. Remember those good times. Remember those bad times. Let us fellowship with one another. Life just gets hairy. I was so grateful that my cousin called me and said, Hey, I'm in Independence. You need to come out and have dinner. Well, that's a very good idea. I don't feel like cooking anyway. So out we went. But what fellowship we've had. What a wonderful time that was. And just remembering and, and talking about the cousins and and who's doing this, and, and the other cousins, who's doing what, and, 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 and nieces and nephews, and how tall they're getting. Oh my God, like weeds. We need to work on restoring those relationships. Share that love and forgiveness. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. Because that's what they need to get back on the road again. You can get back on the road again. You can have the joy ride that Brian's been sharing about these many months. God is working in our lives. He wants to draw you back. He wants to draw all of us together. As we get ready to close in prayer and the musicians get ready to come, I don't know what's haunted you. If you are a, a, a church member, I don't know what relationships feel like they've crashed and burned and, and, and took out a store full of puppies. I don't know. But if it has... Let her out today. Just get it out. If, if you want to come forward and pray, I'll pray with you. If you want to stay where you're at and pray, that's fine. You stay there. But, but get that out today. Open that heart up today. If you're a, a church member, and, or if you're a believer and not, not quite a member yet, then today's the day maybe you ought to come forward and, and, and join 
a bunch of crazy people with, with bug bites on their left foot and just see what God might do in your life, you know. We ain't perfect, but that's all right. Maybe you'll help us rub off some, some rough edges. I don't know. If you've never found the joy, if you feel like your whole life has been stuck with flat tires and you're just waiting to get on the, maybe not even on the road again, you're just waiting to get the car out of the driveway, you come forward and let us share with you about Jesus Christ. He will help you get on the road. Romans 3.23, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all got mosquito bites somewhere. We've all got a flat tire. It's everybody. Romans 6.23, wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is hope. There's a way to patch that tire, put some oil in your car, change that filter, whatever's come up, whatever, whatever analogy you want to use. God's got a plan, and that's Jesus Christ. Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, and you're back on the road. If you've never asked Jesus Christ in your heart, you come forward today, and we will pray, and we will celebrate a restored relationship with Jesus Christ today. Y'all, let's pray. Thank you, Father God, for guiding us here together today. Thank you for restored relationships. Thank you for Paul's honesty in sharing about how that relationship crashed and burned with Barnabas. Thank you for, for, for rejoicing in the Lord. Thank you for your son, him coming to die to restore all of us to him. Father, thank you for all that you've done for each and every one of us, each and every day. And if there's someone here today that needs to come forward, Father, you, you draw them today like a tow truck pulling us down the road. Father, you draw them here right now. Thank you for all that you've done for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.